Hey everybody, and welcome to the Harvest Community Church Podcast. We hope this message today brings you encouragement and inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out at harvesttn.com. Enjoy the message. Welcome to Harvest Community Church. All of those of you that are here this morning, those that are watching us online, those that uh, are over in the overflow, and anybody that is watching this service later on, everybody is welcome here. So good to be with each and every one of you this morning. Lord God, we, we so thank you for your presence here with us this morning. Lord, I'm just so... Um, grateful that we could join in voices here and in the overflow and in homes where we could just as Nikki was talking about just praise your name and as we lift praises up though the praises are going up and sort of the opposite is happening at the, at the same time and the the chains just fall away of the things that keep us distant from you Lord and we always want to be praising your name you're so worthy, worthy of that and we ask your presence to just Settle heavy with us this morning, your presence in homes and in the overflow, Lord. Would you just move in the ways that you want to move? And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you are visiting with us, welcome. So glad you're here. If you're visiting online, welcome to you as well. Pastor Bud's taking one more Sunday off. He will be right here live next Sunday morning, so you want to be back for that. He'll be, he'll be running on a full, full battery. So, uh, you know, Bud, even when he's like running on fumes, man, he can bring it. So those of you in the front row next week, just warning you, you know, he, he may spit a little bit. He's, <laughs> he's been known to do that when he is excited. And I am going to, uh, I'm going to jump right in this morning, because I got, I got a whole bunch of things uh, that I want to share with you that I think are, are, are very important. And so I'm, I'm going to ask that you kind of, we're going to jump in right to the deep end of the pool, so to speak. So I'm going to ask you all to just do a cannonball with me into the deep end. And so we are going to, um, I'm going to tell you two facts about everybody that's listening today, whether you're here or, or listening online. I'm going to tell you two facts, two truths about you and me, and then I'm going to tell you a whole bunch of what Jesus has to say about those, whole tru- those two truths about you and me. And so the first truth is that each and every person that's listening here, including me, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to what I'm saying too, and, and those online and next door, you are being pursued. You're being, you're being pursued. And the other truth that I'm going to say about you is that you're being called. You're being, in fact, coincidentally, the name of the message today is Pursued and Called. You see how all that just rolled? Okay, it's, okay. it's too early in the morning for that. Let me say to you up front that there's going to be uh, lots of opportunity for note-taking today. If you have not been a note taker in the past, this is just by word of encouragement. It's not that I want you to write down my words because this has absolutely nothing to do with me. But if you've not been a note taker, I'm going to encourage you to go out and buy some kind of little notebook for yourself that's comfortable to keep with you wherever you go. 
and are listening to something because this is what the Lord wants to do. The Lord wants to impart, give, wants to give wisdom. And I can't remember everything that's even on my grocery list. I have to write it down and take it with me because I can't remember everything. I come home with about 25 things that are all sweet things that I didn't have on the list and forget all the things that poor old Ryan wanted me to get for him. So we have a hard time remembering those things. And it may be, because this happens to me all the time, I will, a thought will come into my head and I'll remember a, a theme or something that Bud preached on or somebody else taught on and I want to go back and look up the notes from that because the, the Lord is urging me to go back and look at that stuff. And if I hadn't written it down, I'm not going to remember that. And I'll just tell you today, some of you are going to be like, oh. See, last week I had a one-point sermon. And I still went long. And today I have a 10-point sermon. Some of you are like, oh, man. I, I, needed, I needed more caffeine or more something. No, I'm going to go a little faster today. But you're not going to be able to remember these 10 points. And so you're going to want to be able to write things down. So that's just an encouragement. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not looking for who's taking notes or anything. That's for your benefit that you want to be able to do that. So that's just a, that's just a little bonus. That wasn't, that wasn't the message, just a little extra for you. But it is a true fact of your life that Jesus Christ is pursuing you and me. No matter where we are in our, in our journeys, you are being pursued by Jesus. And I, I like that. I like knowing that he's always looking for me wherever I am. Some of you, that may seem like an uncomfortable thing to you, but I promise you it isn't. And then I want to tell you that all of you are called and I am called. Now, there's this, you know, there's some weird things that we have taught in the history of the church. That I, I don't know where they all came from, but they are not true facts. And so there's this idea that's always floated around that, that we that are ordained pastors, we've had the, the call, right? I've had people for years say to me, long before I ever uh, became a pastor, they've said, I know the Lord's calling you. Different people said, I know you have the call. And I'm like, well, of course the, of course the Lord's calling me. He's, he's calling everybody. And I don't want you to think that the only people that are called, and because I said all of you are called, you're like, oh, we're going to we're gonna have to go be preachers now. I can't, I, I can't be doing that. I can't be doing that craziness. I can't, I can't get all involved in all that stuff. Ordained ministry is one teeny tiny part of the call of God on your lives, okay? I'm called to something in particular. Bud and Aaron, we're the three ordained pastors here at Harvest. We were called to something specific, and that is our job is to teach and equip you all to do all the other things in the church. Did you know that? Did you think that's one of the other old weird things that are out there, that the pastor is supposed to do every single thing in the church for everybody? In fact, when somebody's sick, right, you may have known this in life or something, we've got we to gotta call Bud. He has, to, he has to be here to pray. Well, Bud can't be at every place at once, and neither can I. And where did you get the idea that you can't pray over somebody? And that, that I, somehow I have special words that you don't have. Not true. Each and every person in this room, listening wherever you are, you're being pursued by Jesus, and you're called 
Now you may be going, well, okay, what does all that mean? I'm, I'm going to get to all that. I'm going to use Scripture to talk about how Jesus does that. But I'll tell you, all of us, we're only in one of four places, four possible places that he's calling and pursuing us from. And the first place is that we don't have a relationship with Jesus. We have not yet yielded any part of our hearts over to him. And so Jesus is pursuing us to finally have a relationship with him. And the call is to freedom. The call is to relationship. The call is to eternal life and furthering something. Because I'll tell you, of all the people that I've met in the world, I'm yet to meet somebody that is said is resistant to Jesus. And so all they have is what's down here on the concrete earth that has told me, man, my life's perfect. I have everything I want, everything goes my way, and it's perfect. It's not going to happen here. It's not meant to happen like that. So there's a whole bunch of people that God is pursuing and calling into relationships. So that's one place you can be. A second place that you can be is, yeah, I've accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I've been following him and listening to him. But somehow you are, have gone in a wayward direction with your life. And you're far away from Jesus. And he's still pursuing and running after you. But you'd, you'd be what we would call prodigal in the story of the prodigal son. You've, you've taken a journey to somewhere else. You have listened to the excitement of this world and have pursued something in this world because you thought it was shiny and beautiful. And that's what you wanted in life. And you're still called, called to come back home. And God is pursuing you. The third person that you could be is, yes, I have a relationship with Jesus and I love to be at church. But Jesus is just in the mix in your life. You've got a whole bunch of really good stuff that you really like and you want to hold on to. And Jesus is just one little piece of the pie. And you're like, yeah, I have a relationship with him. I've accepted him as my Lord and Savior and I've, I like that. But that's about all I'm going to do. And I'm going to go to church because I know I'm supposed to. And I'm supposed to want to grow. But it's just one little piece of the pie. And he's in the mix. That's another place we can be. And then the fourth place you can be is, man, you're a seeker. You want it. You want a growing relationship with Jesus. And everything you're doing is moving towards that way. And still, even in that place, God is pursuing you. And God is calling you to something deeper yet still. And I love that. I mean, I'm, I'm like professional Jesus follower, right? It's, it seems weird. I get, I get paid to follow Jesus. Not, not really. Don't, don't, that's not the quote of the day, please. <laughs> if I see that on Facebook, I'm, I'm so going to block you and unfriend you because that's what I can do. That's my power. No. He's calling me to more. And he's always calling us to more. So I want you to understand before we get into this story that's a very familiar story this morning and where all the ten points are going to come out of, that you are, Jesus is seeking after you. And you may not feel it, you may feel like he's far away from you and he is not. Your head may just be turned in the other way. And so you're not looking into his face and he's, he's pursuing you from behind. But I promise you, you're that valuable 
to him. And so he's pursuing you and he's also calling you. We were meant to be in partnership in ministry. Okay, just again, I have one little role and Bud does and Aaron does, but that is not what ministry is. And you are called to something so profound and so important in this world and the world needs you. So whether you can hear him speaking, Bud talked about a few weeks ago, deep calls to deep. And he's calling to you saying, come on, come on, go deeper. I need you in partnership because there's too many hurting people in this world. You know what it's like out there right now? Whew. Maybe rougher than it's ever been, right? He's calling. He's pursuing and he's calling each one of us. And I'm going to show you exactly how he does that in each one of our lives. So super familiar story. Would love for you to follow along. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Luke chapter 5. If not, it'll be right up here on the screen. I'm going to read verses 1 through 11. This is, let me set the tone for you. This is Jesus has already begun his ministry, but he has not called the disciples yet. Okay, so he's out preaching and doing his things. He's, he's been baptized by John, come up out of the water. He's gone out into the, into the wilderness and been tempted by Satan for 40 days and, and has come back, and now he has begun his ministry. And there's people already have heard about this Jesus. So there's crowds following him around wherever, but he has not called the disciples yet. So let me read this to you, and then we'll go back through that. This is starting uh, chapter 5, verse 1. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. And then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. So you may have read that in a different, one of the other Gospels, in a little different other form. You may be very familiar with this. It's not an unusual story. Here's what we happen to do with Scripture sometimes, especially those passages we think, I know this story. Super familiar to me. So yeah, you know, Jesus is preaching. Then he goes out in the boat and Peter goes with him. And yeah, he calls and says, I'm going to make you fishers of men. Okay. And then we're on to the next thing. Here's one of, here's one of the beautiful secrets I want to tell you about Scripture. I'm going to tell you, don't worry about trying to get through this thing. I know some of you have that read the Bible in a year thing because you want to check that box. All right, take a year and do that and then get it over with. Okay. 
Read the Bible in a year if you think that's a really important thing, but I'm going to tell you something very different. I'm going to say, I don't care if you ever read the whole Bible. Okay, don't quote me on that one either, but it's the truth. <laughs> I just don't want that to be. I said to somebody this morning, oh, please don't let there be some quote that comes out of my mouth, a little tiny one that turns into that gif where I'm like, over and over saying something really goony up here. So just let that not be the one. I know somebody's going to go, <laughs> somebody's going to do that now. That's great if you want to read the Bible. What I'm telling you is find a passage or a book of the Bible and linger over it. Because that's what I did with these verses right here. I could have blown right through those and I'm like, yeah, I know that. We all know that he called the disciples, sure. And he said, you're going to be fishers of men and that's all good stuff. And so what we might think is we blow through that really quickly and here's what we think. Oh yeah, I feel guilty because I'm not doing that. And we get to the bottom line and we say, Jesus said, give up everything and follow me. And we're like, Pfft. And that's all we hear from this story. But what I want to tell you is if you linger over these words, these words, God knew because he's got the brain of God. He's not like us. God knew every time somebody would read these words and their thoughts would be on him. And so he made them in such a way that they would speak to us like they had just been spoken for the first time. That's what Scripture is like for us. So linger over these verses, and that's what I did. And so there's ten things that I found because of him. This wasn't me. I'm not like super, you know, ten thing finder. He did that because I lingered and said, what do you want me to learn? Because that's what he wants to do. Make sure you get this point. He wants to impart wisdom to you all the time. I don't have any wisdom on my own, okay? But what I'm going to tell you is that there's a lot of people, and, and this really has nothing to do with me and everything about him. There's an awful lot of people that come to me because they're like, if I need wisdom, I'm going to you. Now, who does that come from? Does that come from me? No. But the Holy Spirit imparts wisdom if we will linger in the Scriptures and sit with that. And so I received and, and got ten things that Jesus is always going to do when he's pursuing us and he's calling us. And I already told you that he's pursuing and calling everyone in here and everyone that's watching or may watch later on or listen later on or repeat or whatever. So this is, these ten things are relevant for my life and they're relevant for your life. And they're, they're going to be up here point by point. They will be on there and I wrote them down so I would be reading the same thing. And you wouldn't be like, am I supposed to write that down or what she says? So I got it. I normally don't use little notes, but because I have these points, I want to make sure you get those. So we're going to go through these kind of verse by verse. And so you get the idea in this story that here's Jesus. Now use your imaginations, right? Here's Jesus standing near, near water. And there's all these people listening to everything he has to say. And this is what I imagine that because he's got the water behind him, this is how I imagine it, and they're getting, they're getting closer and closer to him, right? And so he's, <laughs> he's just kind of like, man, I, you know, I'm, I need a little bit of space. Don't, don't get right up in my, here, look, don't get right up in my grill, right? He, so he's backing up, and there's the water. And, and they're all piled in, so finally he goes, hey, you over there, take the, take the boat and, and go out a little bit so I can... I can see everybody better. I can speak to everybody better. And so here Simon, who is Peter, takes Jesus out. Jesus speaks to the crowd 
And then he does some other amazing things. So here's the, here's the points about Jesus pursuing us and calling us. So point number one is that Jesus initiates encounters and will meet you where you are. Jesus initiates encounters and will meet you where you are. And that comes straight out of verse 3. So we're going to follow along. We're going to do this verse by verse and look at these things. Do you think that he just randomly, this is Jesus, just randomly thought, how am I going to get out of this? I'm at the water's edge. I need some space. Oh, what great coincidence that that boat and that fisherman happened to be right there. Or do you think he planned that for all time? I want to tell you that any time that you feel like, wow, that was a, that was a coincidence. I, you know, I, I can't believe that I was so favored that this great thing happened to me or this person happened to call me or happened to send me a text or this song happened to come on the radio or anything like that as coincidence. God is systematically pursuing you and calling you, and so he will use things to speak to you and call you. He's always going to be the one that initiates the encounter with you. Okay, It's not going to be you. If you feel a response, man, I need to go to Jesus. Man, I need to go to the, to the altar. Um, which, by the way, we can't do that right now, so the altar is where you're sitting. Just, just throwing that out there. COVID rules, COVID rules. Um, God is always the one that's pursuing you, even if you feel like you're pursuing him. Your pursuit is only a response to him, okay? And then the next thing that I want to tell you, this is number two, Jesus pursues you individually. Okay, look at verse four. When he had finished speaking, he said, um, put out into deep water. So here's the thing. He's done talking to the crowds. You may have thought in your life, I'm just part of the crowd. I'm not special to him. I am not an individual. And here's the thing I'm telling you. That he said, I'm done. I have all these people here. I could be famous right now. I could be, you know, I could be a superhero. They could carry me around and put a cape on my back and it would all be wonderful. And what does he say? Peter. Put out in deep water. And I promise you, there has been a time where he has done that with you. Now, I don't know if you're listening, because the two truths I told you at the beginning that you were pursued and that you were called are very true things. But I can't tell you what the response is from you, because that's up to each and every one of you. Maybe you're not going to respond. But I promise you that Jesus has attempted to get you alone somehow where he can speak to you. And I know that this has been just a, so many hardships because of this whole season with quarantine. And, and I know that many of you are struggling with the whole thing about school now and having to do that with your kids online and how things are difficult and things are upset and changing. But don't think for a second that God didn't see this coming. And don't think for a second that God does not want to use this time. He has slowed things down, has he not? Especially when we really had to stay home all the time. And I'll tell you what, he slowed things down in my life to the point where he had my full attention. And he got it and grabbed it and I listened. And he took me out to deep water. And these last months, man, he has taken me on a journey that I have changed dramatically. 
And he's calling each one of us to the same kind of thing. The next thing that Jesus wants to do in our lives, and this is point number three, he wants to remove your distractions. Jesus wants to remove your distractions. Look again at verse four. Let's, let's get away from everybody. Let's put out into deep water. Okay, I know there's all kinds of distractions in your life. And I know even sometimes when you go to study or to spend time with him, right? I, I try to find a place where I have nothing around me because what's the big thing that always gets you, even if you're studying, even if you've gone away somewhere by yourself, what do you always have with you? Right? Do we ever silence our phone? Do we ever? And I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to myself here right now. Do we turn our phones off? or put them somewhere away when we want to spend time with him. I don't always do that. I'll, I'll be, hmm, hmm. The text messages will still be there. The phone calls, you can return those things and the things you just have to see on Facebook. I promise you there's nothing you have to see on Facebook. There's an awful lot of things you don't ever want to see on Facebook, but there's nothing that you just have to see. Did so-and-so like my status? Okay, that, that'll hold. He wants to remove the distractions of your life because I'm telling you, and I want this to go deep in your head, you are being pursued even right now sitting here. You're in one of those four places I already mentioned, and God is pursuing you and calling you to something. And we look the other way so often, but if we look towards him, I'm telling you right here, right now, your lives will change 100% for the better when you just let him do what he wants to do in your life. The next thing I'll tell you, point number four of what Jesus will do, is Jesus is not deterred by your doubts. Jesus is not deterred by your doubts. Look at verse five. Here comes Simon's doubt. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. There's the doubt. And notice, I want you to notice, because you'll see a change very soon in this, that in verse 5 right there, what does he call Jesus? He says, Master. Okay, keep that in mind. Because he sort of knows he's, he's somebody. He's like, oh, he's this, he's this good religious figure. Maybe he's, you know, important. I'm going to call him Master. But he has his doubt, but he does what Jesus asks anyways. Okay, if Jesus has called you to a place anywhere in your life, even the beginnings of a relationship, and you are just kind of like, here's all my doubts. I'm not even sure who you say you are. I'm not even sure, and chances are, a lot of the doubts are about ourselves. I'm not good enough to do what you're calling me to. I know me. I've got all this, that, and the other thing. I just told you at the beginning that all of this that I'm saying to you has nothing to do with me. So what I'm telling you is the things that you go, I'm not good enough to do this, doesn't really have a whole lot to do with you. It has everything to do with him and what he can be in your life. So he is not bothered at all. If I was Jesus and I got this dude all the way out in a boat and I'm like, man, I'm going to be telling you some really good stuff here. And then you told me, I don't believe anything you're saying. I'm telling you to row the boat back to shore. Or I might like tip it over even and be like, okay, I'm done. Not Jesus. 
Not at all. And then now we're coming into, we're coming into the, the big dogs here of what's, of what's happening and what Jesus will do with us. Because here's the next point. And this is just beautiful. Number five, Jesus will offer you abundance first. Jesus will offer you abundance first. Now look at verse six. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. Okay, up until this point, Peter has made no desire to do anything with Jesus except take him out in the boat. Now realize that he's been sitting there all that time while Jesus has been preaching to the crowds. So he's heard everything that Jesus had to say. But did Jesus ever say to him first, and that's what we always hear, give up everything you have and follow me. That's what we hear, right? Because we don't want to let go of what we have. And here's the truth of the matter is, Jesus is going to fill up your nets if you would cast them out when he says, put your nets out there. Now, for most of you, it might not be fish that come back. And for those of you that are aware of my uh, fishing prowess as of late, I would have to have really teeny tiny net for my fish to not get through the net and there to for those to be in there. So I'm not talking about that you're going to cast your net over the side of a boat and necessarily catch fish. But for some of you, you need freedom. And so when you throw out the net, that's what he wants to give you first. And for some of you, just with so, you feel so bad about yourself. And so if you throw that net out, what, he's, what is he going to give you first is love. Maybe the thing you need so much is you know in your heart of hearts that you have, you've done something. And you don't think that God's ever going to forgive you for it because he's far from you. And so when you throw that net out there, what's he going to give you first? So much forgiveness. He's going to look at you and go, I don't even know what you're talking about. I forgive you that much. He's always going to give in abundance before he asks you for anything. We've got it so backwards that we think there's all these rules in church and we're supposed to give up everything we have and then maybe he'll accept us. And what is he saying right here to Peter? First disciple ever called. The first time there was a call and all I just told you, all of us have a call in your life. He wants to give you something. The thing that you need most in this world. Not the thing you want most in this world. That's where we get hung up. We pray for the things we want and then we get mad at him if he doesn't give it to us. And, we're, and he's saying, if you would only look at me and ask for the things that you really need the most, he's never going to deny you of those things. He wants to give before he ever asks you anything. He wants to give to you. What is it today as he is pursuing you and calling you? I want you all to imagine that you are in that boat alone with Jesus, that you have put out into the deep waters, and all these other people here are on the shore. You don't have to worry about any of them, and he's removed all the distractions, and our cell phones have, are not waterproof, and they've dropped to the bottom of the sea. Oh, oh. What are we going to do? It's making me hyperventilate just thinking about it. No, I'm kidding. He's got your attention. There's not one person in this room or that room next door or listening online that is watching this message or listening to this message accidentally. 
He has put you in a boat and called you out to water to say, I am pursuing you and calling you to something. What do you need? Stop giving me these big, long Santa Claus lists of I want this and I want that. And I, I, because he goes, those needs are down here. And he goes, I want to give you something so much better. What do you need right now, this morning? What is that thing that you want to pull that net in and it's not empty? That it's full of something that you need. And he is offering that to you right now. Maybe for the first time it's relationship. Maybe you've just been living out there in the world and are like, you know what? I thought I, I, thought I, I was all I needed. And my fame was all I needed and my accomplishments were all I needed and those fancy cars or boats or whatever it is is all I needed or my status in the world is all I needed or popularity is all I needed and it fell flat because it's always going to fall flat. And Jesus is saying, finally, I, I, I've got you where I want you in this boat. Throw the net over. And you may be going, I'm going to pull that net back in. There's not going to be a single thing in it. That is a lie from the enemy. Jesus wants to give you what you need right, right here, right now, not tomorrow, not next week, right now. What is it that you need the most? Now, we've got to go on because we got, how am I doing? Okay, I'm horrible on time management. Those of you that, that know me, I've, I'm not good about that. I need people telling me what to do all the time, and that's how I look good because there's all these people here that do all that stuff, but I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm good. Okay. That was just a message to myself. Just delete that. Whatever. Okay, number six. Jesus will allow others to see what he is doing in your life. Okay, and that goes right with verse seven. Because he, here's the thing. Jesus is multi-purposed in what he's doing. He's not doing things for one reason. So he's not going to be doing a great work in your life and not let anybody else see it. I, I can't even begin to tell you. I'd have to be up here for three or four or five days to tell you all the work he's been doing in my life the last few months because he got me in that boat right where he wanted me. And do you think he's just doing that so I can keep that all to myself? No. I'm supposed to do that so I can then turn around and, and give that away and show the glory of Jesus to other people. And so that's what's happening here because in, what did I say? In verse 7, yeah, he says, So he signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Let me just tell you the glory of how God works. When he, whatever it is that, that you're wanting to throw that net over and you're like, boy, I really need this in my life. He's going to give it to you. And then the people that you love most around you, they're going to get to share in that too. There's going to be so much, an abundance of what he gives you. Not a little meager amount, right? Anything we get in this world, it's like, you know, this little tiny bit. And God's just like, I'm going to pour what you need all over you. I'm going to pour over what you need so much that you're not even going to be able to get it all in your net. And you're going to be able to call the people you love most. If you need forgiveness in your life, wouldn't you love it? if the people that you love the most got to benefit from that forgiveness. If you need love the most and know that you're accepted and wanted and, and needed, 
Do you think that that would pour over into the lives of the people that you love the most and they would get to pull that same net in? How beautiful is that? Because here's the deal. We can't say that we love the people we love if we hold everything back to ourselves. That's a contradiction. That's a lie. And so it's meant to be shared. It's meant to be poured out. And Jesus is doing this beautiful thing where he's like, let me give you what you need. And then it's going to affect everybody around you. That's what discipleship looks like. That's how we change the world. And the world needs change. We cannot just sit here and say, it's, you know, it's, not, my, it's not really my worry. Things will just go on the way they're going to go on. You see where the world is headed. You notice I'm pointing this way, right? Somebody at some time has got to say, wait a minute. Wait just a minute. I haven't thrown my net out to the side and, and drawn in everything I need. I've got to do that, and then I've got to get up and do something about it because you and I were called. You can run from that all you want. But what's the other thing I told you? Jesus is pursuing you. You're needed and wanted in this world. All right, number seven of what Jesus is doing as he is pursuing and calling us. Jesus' provision and the receiving of it is what brings transformation. Jesus' provision and the receiving of it brings the transformation. Look at verse 8. So I told you all this time, who knows how many hours. I'm guessing that Jesus preached way longer than I do. I use him for my example, so I may go just a tad long. It's all right. Who knows how long Jesus, and this is Jesus. This isn't me or Bud or Aaron or anybody else. This is Jesus out there, and, and the transformation didn't come, right? None of this time we read about that Jesus is preaching to the crowds and Peter just stops Jesus mid-sentence and goes, Oh, Lord! Now he calls him Master, but nothing has transformed in his life. But as soon as he catches all of this stuff and Jesus gives him abundantly, look at verse 8. When Simon Peter saw this, the abundance, not all the words. Jesus had said all these probably great, great words. No words. When Simon Peter saw this, the abundance, all those fish, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me. Who? What did he call him before? Master. All of a sudden, there's been a transformation where this isn't, this isn't just a guy anymore. This is, the, this is the Lord. And transformation comes because you receive. Transformation doesn't come because the first thing Jesus says is, Empty out your pockets, go sell your house, or go sell everything you have. And every time I say that, I just want to say, and live in a van down by the river, because it just comes out of me. I <laughs> it just comes out of me. I stupid Saturday Night Live, ruined me. That's, that, some of you are like, what? That's old, old days. Of, old days. Of, go look it up. Go. You can YouTube it. You can YouTube anything. What I'm telling you is that's when the transformation comes. Is in the receiving of what God wants to give. And he fell down on his knees. I am a sinful man. And that's the first truth. That's the first confession. I'm a sinful man. 
And that's when transformation comes because that's the part that we start to get involved with now. I told you, Jesus is going to pursue you no matter what. And Jesus is going to call you to something more than you've been and a place more than you've been no matter what. But then you can just stop dead in your tracks and you don't ever have to respond to that. That's not going to make him stop. But at some point, for transformation to come, we need to also go, Lord, sinful person and not be afraid of retribution because he's already poured out so much goodness you don't have to be afraid to take your truth to Jesus he just wants to take that and then he wants to transform you all right number eight Jesus will speak assurance into you okay and that goes with verse 10 the second part of verse 10, Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. Okay, when Jesus gets your attention, and he's got you out in that boat, and he's asking you, what do you need? Drop your net and let me fill that up with what you need. And then you recognize the abundance, and you receive the abundance, and then you're willing to go, you know what? Here I am, Lord. I'm going to let you see everything in here. That's what Peter did. I'm a sinful man. All the things that are in here. And then what is Jesus going to come right in behind that and do for you every single time? He's going to assure you, don't, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of speaking your truth to me. Don't be afraid of letting me see you wide open. Speak your truth to me and don't be afraid. I got you. You think you have me in the boat, but I have you in the boat is what Jesus is saying. Jesus is in charge of that boat that you're sitting in. Jesus is in charge of that time where he's trying to get you away from distractions and call you to something. And he will always say to you, don't be afraid. Don't worry. Don't, don't, don't look back over there. Keep your eyes right here on my eyes is what he's always going to say to us. And if we would do that, if you would learn to look him square in the eyes, not with shame, not with anything else, but that you would just trust him enough to look in his eyes and see the love he has for you and let him say to you, don't, don't be afraid. I know you're a little nervous because we're out here in this boat and I've pursued you and now I'm calling you to something, but don't be afraid. I've gone ahead of you. I've got it all worked out. That's who Jesus wants to be in our life. Number nine, once he's done all this, once he's assured you, you've been wide open with him, and that remember, that's in all of the places we find ourselves. This isn't just a, a message for people that haven't come to believe yet. This is, I'm, I'm telling you, I do this. He's going to confirm your calling. Jesus confirms calling. That's number nine, and that comes from verse 10. The second part of what he says First he says, don't be afraid. He's always going to assure you first. And then he's going to drop something on you. And from now on, you'll fish for people. See, wherever you are, God's calling you to something more than you have been before. And he's also calling you to, to less. Less of you, more of him, over and over. But he will confirm that in you. And then finally... Point number 10. When holy calling is accepted, 
worldly identity and value are no longer needed. When holy calling is accepted, worldly identity and value are no longer needed. And that comes from verse 11. So they pulled their boats up to the shore. That was their identity. That was everything they were, everything they thought, how the world saw them. We're fishermen, we're fishermen, I'm this, I'm this, and the world's only going to accept me as long as I'm this. They left everything and followed him. Did Jesus tell them they had to do that? Does it say that? Jesus said, leave everything and follow me. See, they finally got who they really were. They finally understood because Jesus had pulled them aside and said, I'm going to make time for just you. I know there's crowds all around me that need stuff. And maybe you've felt like you're just part of a whole crowd full of people and that Jesus never has paid any full attention to just you. And I'm telling you, that's just not true. He's pulled, and he will continue to for the rest of your lives, pull every single one of you aside. And he will do everything in his power to get your full attention. And he will come to you. And he will set up those situations. He doesn't say, jump through all these hoops. Do all this good stuff and fix all the outside of you. Stop drinking and stop smoking and stop cussing. And then maybe I'll listen to you. Where did, where did we get that idea that that was Jesus? We took this, this worldly image and made it into a God. And that is just not who he is. That's not who he's ever been. You see that right in this story. He's been like, I will pursue you. I will remove distractions. And I'm going to talk to just you. And I'm going to let you know how important you are to me because I'm going to give you everything you ever needed in life. The reason I can walk in confidence with Jesus is because I, he gives me everything I need. I love my family. I love here at Harvest. I love the people I work with. I love my friends. But at the end of the day, I do not need them. I need Jesus. And he's going to provide everything for me. And then, though, in his abundance, don't miss this part, in his abundance, then he says, now go and love your family and let them love you. Now go and love your friends and let them love you because that's my abundance. Now go and enjoy the people that you work with and get to do ministry with and love them and let them love you and go and love your church family and let them love you because that's who he is. He's going to give you more than you ever dreamed of, more than you ever thought of, and that's going to be when it finally comes to you. Your identity. You don't have to please people in this world. I know that's what the world tells you. There's an expectation. I'm supposed to do this, this, and this, and people are only going to love me if I do this, this, and this, and do it perfectly every day, and I'm telling you, that's just the world speaking. And who is the king of the world right now? This is our enemy, Satan. And what Jesus wants to tell you is something totally different. I love you, and I have pursued you and called you every second of your life. But there has to be a point where you decide, I want more. I want more, I want more, I want more. And then you will know that your identity is secure. You don't have to please another person here. You don't have to please anybody. You don't have to please yourself. And who cares what everybody on Facebook and the rest of the world thinks? When your eyes are on Jesus and he goes, man, I love that kid. Because that is what he is doing. You see that. 
That is the way that he is calling you. That is the way he will always call you. Just in these 10 points, it's right here. The very first disciple, he set the tone for how he was going to reach out to every one of us. What do you need in your net? You need something today. There's, there's no way. Because I, I know me really well, and I didn't walk into this room today thinking, I don't need anything. And so if I do, you do. And it's, pro- it's probably not the same thing, but you need something today. And Jesus is going, would you just, I know you have your doubts, just throw it out there. And let me draw you into me. And let me love you with unlimited love. And then, we're going to put down the rest of it and say, you know what? I still got to do these things in the world, but that's not who I am. And at the end of the day, I'm going to follow Jesus everywhere. And then, you know what? We're going to change the world. We're going to change the world. You're going to change the world. I'm going to change the world because there's a call on your life and there's a pursuit on your life and there's a call on my life and a pursuit on my life. And it's time to get up. And deep calls to deep. I'm going to turn it over to the band. We'll let them end us in wonderful singing together and praise today. But I'm telling you, in Jesus' eyes, there's nobody else like you. Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed listening, be sure to hit the subscribe button and rate and review the podcast. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you again next week.